Hi, I'm Doug Keck, and welcome once again to EWTN's Bookmark. Our special guest author, retired Bishop Robert J. Baker, retired from Birmingham. His book, Prayers of Desperation, a questioner's prayer for answers in our darkest moments, proudly published by EWTN Publishing and naturally available through the EWTN Religious Catalog for all things Catholic, EWTNRC.com. It's great to see you again, yeah, my friend. Good to be back again. Uh, you know, you, you served on the board of EWTN for a number of years when, sure when you were here. You retired Absolutely. now, but uh, you're still pretty busy, aren't you? What, what are you doing? Well, parish missions occasionally. I just had a wedding recently uh, and uh, renewal of marriage vows. And I, I live out near Camp Tekawitha, mm -hmm. the diocesan camp, so I help there quite a bit too with retreats and whatever. So and fill in for Bishop Reka mm -hmm. and uh, we'll be doing so shortly. So. Okay, great. Well, it's interesting because I know in your book you talked about how much doing confirmations was important to you. Do you still get to do those these I days? I do. You know, I fill okay. in for him too at times with confirmations and it's something very dear to my heart. Right. Um, it's a very important opportunity to connect with youth Right. And uh, that's always a challenge to have the right words at the right time for them. Absolutely. Now this, this book, Prayers of Desperation, A Question is Prayer for Answers in Our Darkest Moments, it's based basically on an earlier work of yours back in what, 06 or so? That's correct. That we actually talked about. Yeah. Um, and it's out again and it seems to be even more prescient today than it was when you first put it out. I think so. Uh, prayers of Desperation, A Question is Prayer for Answers in Our Darkest Moments. Um, it was originally under the title, The Questioner's Prayer, and um, thanks to EWTN, it's getting a, a, an extended life, and I, right. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that fact because I think people need uh, this book. A lot of people are struggling, mm -hmm. uh, even uh, diff difficult times of the year, Christmas time, people have struggles. Uh, right. I uh, recently got a call with a family whose son overdosed uh, Christmas Eve, and um, involved with their funeral. So those difficult times that come in everybody's life, nobody can escape it. How do we deal with them? Right. And my point of the book basically is uh, it doesn't hurt to ask a question of God when, when those times come up. Where are you, God? How am I going to get out of this situation? What am I going to do? Uh, where are you in my, my right. desperate situation? Now, the, the, the word desperation, we have to be careful, it comes from the word despair, desperare, which means despair. And the book is not about despairing. It's actually about faith. Mm -hmm. But that's the best word we could come up with. Because hey, listen, we're Catholics. We love St. Jude. We go to him right away, right? So, that's I mean, right. uh, lost a lot of causes lost there. causes there. So, uh. so, what do we do when we're in those situations? Uh, uh, we, we hang on with faith. It's what right, we do. absolutely. You know, it's interesting too because you, you put in the beginning of the book, there's two quotes, and the ultimate question is always a question about God and the meaning of life. That's St. Pope John Paul II, and then obviously uh, recently we lost uh, Pope Benedict uh, at the very beginning of the year, and he and used the quote here from Birkenau where he said, why, Lord, did you remain silent? How could you tolerate all of this? And of course, this is in the context Benedict. of a, of, yeah, Benedict of, of a uh, the Holocaust. Holocaust. Now, with that being the, and, but that is a lot of the questions people had coming out of World War One, World War Two, during the Holocaust itself, where people did lose their faith because they felt like, why is God so quiet? Why isn't he answering our prayers? Pope Emeritus Benedict mm -hmm. uh, lived through that difficult right. time and 
and uh, raised the, the right question. I've been in Birkenau. I've seen that mm -hmm. situation, Auschwitz as well, Dachau, and, and uh, you know, you raise questions coming out of that situation. Mm -hmm. How do you maintain your faith in the midst of such a terrible outcome of, right. of the killing of millions of Jews and, and, and millions yeah. of Christians in those camps? And that's his, that's his dilemma, but our answer is faith. Right. Now, the way you lay it out here in, in the six chapters, it's kind of like taking a course in how to cover a story. You know, the why, how, when, what, where, and who. Yeah. How'd you decide to use that format? Well, well, uh, I, I was I took a course in writing at one time, and uh, the the professor said when you're writing a story, you you, you have those questions. Quis quid be quibus auxiliis cur quomodo quando in Latin. So, you you throw all those out as you're writing a story. Well, that's in there. Right. You know, those are the questions though that come at come out of people when they're struggling. Right. And um, as you know, I've I've worked with drug addicts right. on the side. Chinacolo, right? Chinacolo community of Mother Elvira for. Yeah. Who was here on the network many years she's ago? She's been right? with you, yeah, you right, know, yeah. 20, 25 years ago. Mm. Uh, I met her, and they're celebrating this year their 40th anniversary mm -hmm. in salute. So, our Pope, Pope Francis, mm -hmm. is very close to that community. He welcomed them as a Cardinal in Buenos Aires to Argentina. Mm -hmm. And um, he visited their community in, in Rome recently. Um, just uh, coming shortly is their opening of a house near Assisi, it, uh, Italy, which I've been promoting that uh, hopefully our American community members can be there sometime to experience oh. the story of Francis. So that dilemma of that faces a lot of families, a lot of Catholic families as well. Uh, how do I deal with a drug addicted right. husband, wife, son or daughter, right. grandson or granddaughter? Well, you say here in, in, the, in the preface, preoccupation of everyday life distracts us, you know, and some of these distractions are about problems that we're facing. Some, some go much deeper, like you said, to the questions that people have buried within themselves and never quite come to the surface, questions that deal with serious issues they're facing in their relationship with God, ultimately. You say, my intention in this book is to help people bring questions to God in prayer. And then you, you mentioned as well the Blessed Mother. How do you see that? Right. duo there. Well, well, we need to s surface our problems as psychologists get us to bring them up with them and mm. <clears throat> pay out good money to them uh, rightfully. So with God, He wants us to surface what is really getting at our prayer life. And oftentimes it, it's, it's a deep-seated issue that we really don't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I just suggest that we do bring those problems to Him. In the case of Mary, how is this possible? I do not know, man. That was, she's surfacing. That's you have her in one of the chapters, basically under that how. And that how, right. that how question. Right. Uh, you know that question was uh, uh, Zechariah was uh, also posing that question, and there, there's there's two different ways of po posing it. One is the way of faith, and one is their way of disbelief. And, and in Zechariah's case, he just says, eh, "No way." This ain't going to happen. And um, Mary's how was was she believed God had a way. She just didn't know how she could make that possible. Right. And um, she she knew all things are possible with God. So somehow God was going to make it possible. And she knew that 
right. deep within her, in her faith. Right, exactly. And, and, and you should talk about in the, the book here, the apostles questioned. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, it's not, I think some people feel like uh, it's a lack of faith or I don't have enough trust if I question. You know, I often wonder whether Jesus used what's called the Socratic method, uh, a question-answer. Mm -hmm. Thomas Aquinas uses it. And um, that he allowed his apostles to ask him questions, and he asked them too. Now you say here, turning to God in a time of quandary and distress is itself a great act of faith. While we struggle to understand his will, we nonetheless cry out to him with our questions. So I just have as a thesis of the book that a question can be a prayer of faith uh, when it's <clears throat> when it's uttered in that way. Now I, I'm in touch with all kind of people who are on the verge of despair mm -hmm. and I tell them hold on uh, share your problem with the Lord just don't give up in other words don't despair mm -hmm. and um, make your your dilemma a prayer mm -hmm. don't don't uh, ignore it and don't deny it uh, it's a real prayer if you just take it to God and then let listen to him allow him to come back right. to you with an answer well do you think <coughs> there's 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 more despair today than there has been in the past and if so why well yes my answer is yes now, I, I I'm 78 years old mm -hmm. a lot older than you Doug and um, I uh, wish you were substantially <laughs> older than me. <laughs> and I've seen quite a bit. I hope I look that good if I make it. I have to say you do. <laughs> but the reality is, um, I think compared with when I was, I tell this to confirmants, their age, mm -hmm. life was a lot easier. The culture supported our faith mm -hmm. back in the 50s and on into the 60s when I was growing up. And my early days in the seminary, there were, you know, it, it was a different world. I, I really feel for parents raising mm -hmm. children today. I don't have children, obviously, but I connect with a lot of children of other parents who, whose sons and daughters are addicts, mm -hmm. and I know the struggles the parents go through. And um, right. today, it's just so widespread. Why is there d despair in our culture among youth at early age kind of giving up? Right. There's a reason for it. The culture has changed to being much more secular, hedonistic, narcissistic, and um, the, the secular values have taken over. And, and do you think part of the problem is, is the secular values are false, so when people either achieve them or try to achieve them, they realize that they're false. Well, they're going barking up the wrong tree. And then they, real, and then they say, well, there isn't anything. That's correct. And they, they, they don't move to the next step. Right. Many don't. Right. But, you know, sometimes that's an opportunity. Right. Being in a prison, uh, having a drug problem can be an opportunity. Well, many and people convert, have conversion experience when they hit bottom. Exactly. They, they have that change. I think you have, uh, you know, in here, uh, later in the book, where that shrine, uh, where people here was, uh, the Marian Shrine, uh, Sorrowful Mother Shrine in Bellevue, Ohio. And I thought it was interesting because you talk about the people who received healings yeah, effectively, yeah. and you, you list Sorry. crutches, stretchers, and then liquor bottles and cigarettes. Yeah, Sorrowful Mother Shrine. Yeah. So it's a shrine to Our Lady. Mm. Um, there are people from all over the world go there, and it was in my hometown backyard, mm. the Diocese of Toledo. So yeah, Sorrowful Mother Shrine. It was uh, founded by the Father Bruner's uh, 
uh, community, the, the Precious Blood Fathers, mm -hmm. and my uncle and great uncle belong to that order. So yes, the answers to the, the people's struggles. And the kind of struggles, so you're, you're dealing with physical problems, right. and then you're dealing with some addictive problems right. that, you know, right. have psychological impact as well. And of course, I meeting Mother Elvira, I've learned a lot from her about hope for people with addictions. It's not an easy way out. Mm -hmm. uh, her community of Chinaclo uh, was founded to help mainly people with addictions, but uh, her premise is um, that there is hope, but it's, it's based on God. Mm -hmm. And the term Chinaclo means the upper room, the Eucharist. Now, we Catholics need to use that resource mm -hmm. in helping people that are struggling. I think often our brothers and sisters of Protestant faiths uh, use the resource of the Bible better than we mm -hmm. use the resource of the Eucharist in helping people. And I, I know there are people right now trying to get, um, like the Calix people, trying to get uh, the Eucharist as a basis for helping people and, and also with the 12-step right. program to bring the Eucharist into that for Catholics. I think why not uh, bring our resources? Right. We haven't used them well enough, and I learned that from this nun. Well, you highly recommend in the book the idea, if you're dealing with these issues, to go in front of the Blessed Sacrament, not mm -hmm. only access the sacraments, do adoration, and a chance, that's a great time to talk to our Lord, right? I've seen it with addicts in the Chinaclo program. In fact, Mother Elvira has somebody praying in each community an hour a day. Mm -hmm. Then on the weekends, they all do it. Um, in community together, um, and that's when the, the real conversion happens. Uh, you know, you can be praying for years, and then the answer comes to you, an insight that you didn't have. Mm -hmm. Maybe after five, ten years, it really hits you. Well, th these guys can be praying. Their community is, is, is not a quick fix. It, it's a three-year community. Mm -hmm. It goes on after they leave. So um, Mother Avira and the, the Europeans have discovered that time, it, it takes time to heal. Right. In our American culture, it's a quick fix. Right, Everything's right. quick fix. Right. Pill will do it and that's it. It's a wrong attitude and, and the problem came on gradually and, and it's going to take a right. while to heal and, and the Eucharist is part of the healing. Right. We like the short book, Five Answers to How to Change Your Life. Right. Uh, it's got to be quick and something I can read in 10 minutes. Uh, in the Prayers of Desperation, you talk about the questioners, you talk about the gospel, the gospel way. You said the people in the gospels who put questions to Jesus hold a special place in Christian dispensation. You say the questioners were not afraid to acknowledge a little of their own ignorance in their quest for meaning and the purpose of life. Well, that's what I like about St. Peter, you right. know. People often say, well, he had a lot of dumb questions, you know, all these times when they, exalted situations, mm -hmm. the transfiguration that is built three tents, you know. And all. But the Lord had um, an understanding. He didn't know everything about Jesus at that point. It wasn't until really after the resurrection that they began to put it all together. Huh? Right. And then, uh, you know, it, it, took, it took a while. So he takes us where we are. So that, yeah, they had dumb questions and, and, and he didn't put them off. He accepted them. So that's what, the same with, with these. They might seem like dumb questions. Why right. do you say this if you really believe? Right. Well, it's because I believe and I'm hurting that I'm not afraid to bring this to Jesus. That's the point right. of this. Right, and, and underlying it here throughout the book, you talk humility, the ability to go and say, I don't know, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you to explain this to me. Yeah. Well, look at the, the only apostle 
that failed was Judas. And, and he had a, a, a terrible thing. He betrayed Jesus. What was he lacking was humility. So mm -hmm. pride destroys us. It's the great sin. And the final in, impenitence, really, it comes down to pride. And that's what happened to Judas. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we can do, we all do things wrong. We have to be humble enough to, to take our, our situation to Jesus, no matter what it is. Right. You, you talk about types of prayer, and you had acts adoration, contrition, yes. thanksgiving, supplication. And he said there's another type of prayer, the prayer of interrogation. Oh, interrogation or desperation. You can mm -hmm. put it in both ways. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it might be on the line of supplication. So what we were taught in seminary, ACTS, mm -hmm. adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, supplication. But maybe under supplication is that area of, uh, you know, the questions, uh, interrogation, or desperation. Mm -hmm. and that's a very important element, and that's that's my point in writing this book. Now you have some wonderful images uh, that you put in the book, and I know there's some reasoning behind it in your mind and in, in what you wanted to get across. In the section, Why Lord, you, you know, you talk about the fact that our Lord uttered, in a sense, uh, the why prayer of all time when He Himself was on the cross. Right? Uh, Psalm 22, He lifts, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Huh? Mm -hmm. Now. This is coming from Jesus on the cross. How far his father must have felt in his human condition, mm -hmm. and I, I made a point of having that um, that image of mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, we have the crucifixion scene we see most of the time, and they're very beautiful. Right. Is the Christ resigned into that? My hands, I, I, I commend my spirit. I, I, I accept this, but we also have the agonizing right. Christ of that, with that prayer, one of his final words, right. why right. have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Right. And I know Father Benedict Rochelle always talked about the idea of the crucifix versus the risen Christ image, because okay. his, his mind was, none of us have been risen yet, but we've all experienced the cross. That's right. So it's a much more relatable. Correct. Uh, but they're different depictions of the cross. Right. And, and here I wanted this one to be used in this book. Right. And you talk, Christ does not explain in the abstract, the reasons for suffering, but before all else, he says, follow me, come. There we go. So it's, it's really hard to put your finger on a solution other than that, <clears throat> follow me. And, you know, if we follow him, we're gonna be on the cross. Mm -hmm. um, I, when I became a bishop, I, oh, what a beautiful thing, you know, where, you know, and all that accolades, I, I was ordained a bishop in 99 in mm -hmm. 2000. Two was the breaking point of the scandals. Right, right, just in time, right? Just in time. <laughs> and so we, we experienced the crucifixion, <coughs> excuse me, and any bishop today, being ordained a bishop, is, is exposed to that if he's truly embracing his, his right. uh, time as a bishop. Right, absolutely. It's interesting because in each uh, chapter you also include uh, prayer, but additional resources. What made you decide to put that like? Well, uh, so I have a bibliography that, that right. where people can go, because there's many books written better than mine by great theologians and others. Thomas Aquinas is certainly one that's written much in the area of this er area. But um, so yeah, don't just pick this up, but go to the resources too that I, I mentioned. In the chapter, you have when, and you have it under when, Lord, and then underneath you say here and now. So are you prophesizing something here that this is all happening, that the Lord's coming right away? Or? 
No, nobody can do that. Uh, when are you coming, Lord, into my life? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been waiting to see you, and, and everything's so dark. Um, you know, sometimes the darkest moments are when the Lord is most present. Mm -hmm. And so our when is basically a, a recognition that, that, that it's now and it's in this situation. Right. And, and embracing that situation, as terrible as it is, as desperate as it seems, so right here and right now, uh, right. forget the future, the when is now. Right, well you say here in Matthew's Gospel, <coughs> Jesus is telling us not to focus so much on the when of the Lord's coming at the end times, but the when of the Lord's coming to us day to day in our midst. Correct, exactly, that's the point. And bring it all to the reality of my when is right now, this very moment, and that's uh, the, the sacrament of the present moment. Mm -hmm. Beautiful book written on that. So by a French theologian, priest. Uh, we got to embrace the sacramental character of right, right now. Right, and Mother obviously was so into the pre present moment in her Mother own. Angelica. Absolutely. In yeah, her, she, her and her, all her suffering, because I was right. with her in her last years, and right. how she had to embrace this. And I think, you know, that's our ticket to heaven, is how we embrace our suffering. Mm -hmm. Uh, we'll rid ourselves <coughs> of a lot of time in purgatory. Do you think part of the problem <coughs> with the, what's going on today and why we're having so many problems is that our culture is, is in a sense that, well, embracing suffering, that's kind of like masochistic or right. sadistic and, you know, the goal is to alleviate suffering. Right. Mother Elvira taught me well and she taught her community, she used the word sofferenza all the time, Italian, the word for suffering in Italian. Mm -hmm. uh, embrace your suffering your poverties, uh, embrace them, and, you, and, and, and you're going to find God. But uh, yes, we try to escape our suffering, and that's the peril of the Western culture today. Mm -hmm. We think we can escape. We cannot. Suffering is part of life because of the sin of Adam. Right. Now, in the What Lord section, you've got our, uh, questions. What is God calling me to do with yeah. my life? What right. must I do to possess everlasting life? Yeah. More, more can I do? What rewards await a person who abandons all to Christ? And I remember uh, with the idea that uh, one priest used to say, it's not about the why is this happening. It's what am I supposed to do with this? What do I yeah. do with what I have right now? Yeah, and that's the discernment, the grace of discerning what God wants me to do. Uh, you have a beautiful program on Fridays on EWTN the priest from uh, Florida that does that whole program of discerning God's will. Right, yeah, Father and Gallagher. Father right. Gallagher, right. phenomenal. I listen to him all the time. And I think there's where we need to go. It's the Ignatian way of discerning um, what God wants for me. And, and it, there's a way to determine that. So that what, um, you know, there's a way to fish through all that and get the answers. Yes. Right. Now, one of the things I noticed in, in, in the book is that... Uh, you talked about, uh, I have loved Jesus in the night, that, that you knew uh, Bishop William Curlin, yes. and a story about Mother Teresa, yeah. and so many of us hear about that dark night of the soul, and people say, well, if, if Mother Teresa can't find Jesus, how am I going to find him? Yeah, and she did find him, but it was a lot of the last years of her life were what's referred to as the dark night of the soul, which mm -hmm. is a high level of spirituality. <clears throat> we have our other nights, but that's a little bit different kind. Of, really holy people have, mm, right. and in Mother's case, uh, Mother uh, Teresa of Calcutta, Saint Teresa, uh, she says, I, I found Jesus in the night, yes, right. and 
that's what we have to do, you know, in our nights, however they are, whatever level they are of spirituality for us, uh, we need to find Jesus. Just before we go, uh, there's a prayer that, that's in the back of the book that you had <coughs> written that I, I know you wanted to bring forth. Well, I, 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 I wrote that as a seminarian. In, in the seminary chapel, there were, was a, the crucifix that we came, meditated before every, mm -hmm. every day in the Josephinum Seminary. And under the, word, under the crucifix was the word consummatum est. So I meditated on it and I wrote this prayer as the Calvary's prayer and it, it takes you through with outstretched hands I beg of thee Father hear my plea this cross has torn my body be not far from me and it goes on in excruciating ways to depict what Jesus mm -hmm. might have experienced and then at the end of course are the words for heaven is open and mankind saved consummatum est. So I, I, I had I think a, a, a spiritual insight that was given to me after meditating there all those years in the seminary right. there, uh, I think it's still applicable today. Uh, that was 60 years ago, right. and I still meditate on that. Okay, well, very good. We appreciate it, Bishop. It's great to see you again. Always a pleasure. Oh. Uh, God bless you. The retired Bishop Robert J. Baker from Birmingham, Prayers of Desperation is his book, A Questioner's Prayer for Answers in Our Darkest Moments. Boy, do we need them now. Uh, published by EWTN, proudly published, available through our EWTN religious catalog, EWTNRC.com, all things Catholic. I'm Doug Keck. Thank you for stopping by Bookmark. We'll see you next time.